Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Welcome, everyone, to Corporate Talk. I'm Charlie. And I'm Eva. So I hope everybody had a good week. I was just kind of wandering on my um, social media email news feed connection. You were just messing around. It's just unbelievable. In fact, Ripley called recently and said, I don't believe what's going on. Well, and I don't mean to be rude, but I think there's a lot of people out there that, are, if they're younger, that have no clue who Ripley is. And while Ripley was Ripley's Believe It or Not. Right. Anyway, um, we're back. We're back in our secure bunker. Thank goodness. That's good. Um, Thank goodness that mess is over. Yes. I uh, hope you're doing okay. I know you recently sent out your latest newsletter, which is great. I did. And if anyone would like a copy of the newsletter, you can just go to my website at core, C-O-R-E, coaching, inc, I-N-C, dot com, and you can opt in and you can get the newsletter every month. Yes. And it has replays from the shows and coaching tips and many interesting little factoids. Free information for your benefit. Exactly. Like the web channel. Nicely said, Charles. Right? Nicely said. Um, You know, we had some pretty good shows in the past. We're proud of all of them. Yes, we are. Right? We went from uh, our guy, Joe Pinella, who was just unbelievable recovery, mind over matter, strength. Yeah, it was amazing, yes. Um, We talked about uh, happiness, which basically comes down to a choice that we make. Yes, I knew that. I tried to tell you that there's so many things. That's why I like having this show, because there's so many things that I try to impart to you. But for some reason, when our guests tell you, that's when you listen. Well, um, choices. It's hard to make that a choice. That would be a choice, right? It, it takes <laughs> a lot of to me in the future. conviction yes. to make a choice, right? Yes. Everybody's out there doing their thing. Life is hard enough. It is. Right? So that's kind of what we try and do. We try to provide insight, tools, help to uh, just make things better. Keep in the raising workplace. the bar. Personal and professional development. One other thing I want to mention in the past, we had a, a great session uh, about reversing offshore outsourcing. So please... Uh, go to TalkZone.com, click the business channel, look us up. We have many episodes that you should look at. And please share the one about uh, the offshore because the more people that hear, the better. Yeah, that was such a good show with you because, I mean, you really are passionate about what you're doing. And it would make such a difference for so many organizations. And it has made a difference. It has to do with... Uh, it's funny, right? Here, you never know how this shakes out, but it has to do with choices. Mm-hmm. Everybody's too busy keeping their head down to realize that they need to make a choice by sharing and speaking up. This is a good plan. We can start reversing some of this. No, it's absolutely true. And, you know, sometimes even when you're keeping your head down, you can still make a choice. Right. You have to care, right? Yes, that's absolutely true. What I like true. is you have no idea what 
we're going to discuss when we first come on because we don't we don't really anally prepare as much banter as we do. No, we don't. Off the cuff. <laughs> we don't. Um, so what I like about our guests is I was trying to mention, right, we had like a Joe Pinella mind over matter. We talked about others. We have great ones coming. Yes, we right? have. Yes, we are booked out way almost until next year. Right. Uh, and that also includes today, which is, you know, just different. It's different, but I think it's so good. I'm, I'm, re- I'm really looking forward to speaking with Valda today. Right. Uh, we learned in the past and, you know, the evolution of being in this business, meeting these unbelievably talented entrepreneurs and authors. Yes. That everything is connected. Well, it is all connected. And I think we, we always worry that people question why we have certain topics on our show, but actually no one's ever questioned us. Let's be clear. Right. No one's ever questioned us. Just no, the measurers. Just the measurers. No, not even the measurers. No one has. Oh, okay. No that's, one's ever questioned us. Maybe that's so bad. That's good. No, I think it's good. <laughs> um, okay. So the point is every guest that we have is very talented, mm-hmm. takes a lot of pride in what they do. Yes. Um, and we're excited to even get to know and meet them. Right. Right. And today is no exception. Today is. I mean, is, because she's a speaker, a trainer. I mean, and, and she is also a radio show host as well. Right. So today we have a fantastic guest um, and exactly what Eva just mentioned from speaking, training um, and sharing. She's also a registered nurse and a sex educator and as she's well. She's on a mission. Yes. Valda is on a mission. I don't really want to spin too much because I might Say something that's not accurate. Okay. Right? We'll talk as we go in our conversation. Yes. I'm really excited. Okay. So uh, I would like to introduce our very special guest, Valda Ford. Valda, are you with us? I am. Thank you for having me. Oh, nice. Thank you so much. Welcome to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Hi, Valda. Hi. It's my pleasure to talk with you again. Excellent. Yes, uh, ours as well. So <clears throat> before we start, maybe share your website so that our listeners can check out what's there while they listen. My website is www.sexisnotforsissies, and the Facebook page is the same. Excellent. You know, um, it's funny, right? So I'll share this weak Kodak moment. Yes. Um, I'm 60 years old. I like to seem like I'm a tough guy. Mm-hmm. But I had a hard time, Valda, so forgive me, for saying the word sex. I don't know why. It's because you truly, even though you look like a tough guy, you're kind of the beaver. And I think the beaver on Leave it to Beaver would have had a hard time saying sex, too. <laughs> I think that's why. So okay. like you look tougher than you are. Well, maybe maybe after today, <laughs> but that's maybe why. That's But I know you. <laughs> so, okay, so, Valda, um, sex is not for sissies. Tell us what that means. As a As a speaker, one day I was talking about living, laughing, and loving, and how as we get older, and hopefully now younger people will realize that we're about more than work, that we have to really have a life that's filled with energy, 
that we have to laugh out loud and we should have love in our hearts. And a woman came up to me afterwards and said, well, you know, I have this new guy in my life. My husband of 50 years died three years ago, and now I'm back out there, and this new guy is talking to me about things that I wonder if they're unethical, illegal, or immoral. (laughs) And I said, well, child, tell me some more. (laughs) And she said, she started talking about her ex-husband, her, her, her past husband, and the fact that he had been a kind and wonderful man and had taken great care of her. But in the bedroom, he was a bit of a one-note wonder. He sang one song, he sang it the same day, and he sang it the same way every time. And now there was a new gentleman in her life who could be, let's just say, an orchestra conductor. And it was overwhelming to her because she had grown up with one lover her entire life, and that was her husband. And she she did not know what to do, where to go. So as I was trying to explain to her some of the things she needed to know to have a better love life and to be safe, she whined and complained the entire time. So suddenly at some point I said, you know, sex is not for sissies. If you're going to have it, you have to be courageous. You have to put your big girl panties on. And the title stuck. Um, <laughs> or take your big girl panties off. <laughs> or take them off. I, I, you know what? It's starting to come back when we met. I think, Valda, right. that you're really cool, okay? Uh, thank um, you. You're really smart as well. And, yes. And, you know, um, I agree that um, everything is connected. And this is a way to absolutely redirect before I exactly what I was talking about before we introduced Valda, mm-hmm. all of the hoopla that's in the news and the rhetoric and the anger and everything else, just there's there's other things to do and there's other things to do and fester on. It's not just about work, right? right. No, we, not we at all. We have to do a better job of taking care of ourselves and not be among the people who think that when they get to be 60, 65, 70, whatever age they decide to retire that then they'll have fun, that then they will have time for love and romance. What a shame to miss all that along the way. You can have it all. Uh, what a shame to miss all that. In fact, it's it's almost a miss, and uh, it's something that's on us, right? I mm-hmm. agree. So um, I see that you're a speaker, right? Keynote speaking and things like that. Is this the topic that you discuss as well? Actually, I'm an expert on women's health and vulnerability, and I fell into this topic. I'm a registered nurse by training and education. I've been a nurse for 35 years, and when I talk to people about their health, many times the one question they will come to me with, regardless of whether I'm talking about diabetes or hypertension, they will ask the question about how does this affect myself? sex life or will it affect my sex life? Mm-hmm. And in the beginning of my nursing career, I worked with burns and trauma patients. And as you might imagine, they were very distraught about their injuries, but as they were recovering, they were afraid that they wouldn't be loved because of their appearance, or sometimes there might be some functional disability associated. And they always felt comfortable coming to me asking me their sex questions. So I've been talking about sex with people who are vulnerable for 35 years. And then it became what I do. But when Uh, I'm on the stage, I might be talking about women's leadership, about not being afraid 
to stand up and talk about the difficult topics, to talk about the things that sometimes do make people feel a little bit shy because they have gone from being what should be normal to being something that has only been sensationalized or despised. So I think the sex should be something that when you're grown enough to understand what you're doing should be something that you have in your life and enjoy until you can enjoy life no more. Um, first off, terrific, right? Um, the fact that you're a registered nurse for 30 plus years, um, that is an incredible service in itself, mm-hmm. right? Oh, thank you. Um, no, it really is. And, um, to take, uh, you know, I'm going to hold this up for a second cause we're on video, but I don't know if we could see this. Uh, I have a picture of you and you're just standing as if you're, um, so proud of who you are, right? And I think as a speaker, to be speaking about that for women, I'm, I'm a little jealous, but I just think it's very inspiring. Well, what's inspiring is that there's so much misinformation out there, I think, you know, and everybody has a different idea of what it should be like, but nobody really knows the facts. And just the fact that you're um, taking this topic and really educating women, and I'm assuming that there's some men in the mix as well, um, it's a huge service. It's a huge service. And there's a lot of detail. It's not, you know, you can see the nursing background um, when you talk about sex and is it healthy, is it not healthy, and and, and everything else. So, um, Well, I think the nursing background is key because without it, you know, I think just if Eva and Charlie got up there and said, let's talk about sex, people might be like, what? <laughs> right. Well, well I don't want to, you know. <laughs> so I, you were in IT and now you're going to tell, be telling me what to do? <laughs> I don't want to make light of this because this is it's really It's important. Cool, I but, agree. You know, I don't want to be known as a one-note wonder. Well, no, right. I'm sure you're not. And if so, then I can talk to you about that as well. Excellent. But, <laughs> no, I don't just talk to women. I did start off talking with women alone, but at the end of the session, the women would say, well, wait a minute, we can't tell our husbands and lovers the same thing. You need to have something. And I had a photographer there and a videographer who was doing my first session, and he was like, hey, 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 you have got to let us in the door. So now I do couples, and I'm planning on doing a men's-only event so they can feel confident and comfortable in asking any question they might be embarrassed to talk about in front of their lady friends. Excellent. You know, and I can tell by listening, you're so easy to listen to, and it's good because that's where, like, the photographer and the men come out and say, you got to let us in the door, right? Right, Because you just, you just get them to want to just speak up, which is really cool. Um, this is great. Uh, so Valda, stay with us. We have a lot to discuss. We do. We're really excited that you're here. We're going to take our first break. So this is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva and our very special guest, Valda Ford. We'll be right back. Let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is educator and nurse and the developer of the seminar Sex is Not for Sissies, 
Valda Ford. And Valda, I really loved what you were talking about when you said you were originally talking to that woman and she was saying that, you know, she was wondering, is it illegal, immoral, unethical, or was, you know, the husband just, you know, the one note wonder and <laughs> all of this was stuff that she had missed out on. So when you began to develop your seminars, um, how were you able to start in, I'm just wondering, like when you, when you started creating these seminars, how were you able to incorporate, you know, more than one person? Or did you just find that as soon as you started talking about it, people had so many questions, it was just easy? I was having another type of workshop for women once a year called the Heart and Soul Red Dress event. And it was an opportunity for women at least one time per year to just think about themselves to come and rejuvenate and revive and have the opportunity to learn enough to be that nurturer, but to do it well, not to do it with truisms and old wives' tales. Mm-hmm. And one time I had a gynecologist to come because there were a lot of women who were going through menopause and might talk about hot flashes and whether or not estrogen was okay. And once I brought her on the stage, that was it the people in the audience had the opportunity to ask questions and they could ask them confidentially using three-by-five cards. And I'm telling you, the sex questions were just rolling out of the basket. And so when I developed this seminar, I put it together based on the most frequently asked questions from other seminars when I was talking about women's health. It's really interesting. Creative. Yeah, it's creative, yeah, and I, I like the whole confidenti- confidentiality aspect of it. And I'm wondering, though, I mean, there's so much information out there, right? There's there's books, there's now the web. I mean, there's so many different ways to get questions answered. Why do you think that women are still, and men, are still confused about sex? I think that a lot of the information out there is not really good information. A lot of internet sites, websites that are focused on health, I think the National Institutes of Health or one of those kinds of agencies recognize that at least 80% of the health information out there online is not accurate. So I always tell everyone, if you're looking for health information, go to trusted sites like the Center for um, Disease Control or National Institutes of Health or some major medical center that you recognize is going to give the right information because if not, they could be sued. So you're looking for those, not just anybody's blog who starts to talk about things. Those can be great for support. But I think that the reason that bad information is out there is because if you're like me, no one gave me any good information about sex. My mm-hmm. parents would talk to me 40 or 50 or 100 times about how to brush my teeth, how not to get hit walking across the street, how to be safe around strangers, but if it was time for the sex talk, it was going to be two or three minutes of embarrassment or here's a pamphlet or here's a film or thank God they're teaching it in school. Right. So there was never <laughs> any good information and no reinforcement, even if you had the opportunity to have a good teacher in school who was interested rather than one who was forced to add the curriculum to what they were doing. It's rare. So You know, no not to interrupt, anything. but yeah. it was terrible for me because um, even in school, mm-hmm. there were guys teaching, right, yeah. from the school mm-hmm. system, and 
they were just as they were just as clueless, <laughs> right? Marin. I mean, it just they created they were creating monsters, right? Yeah. So I mean, it's uh, okay. So I just wanted. Well, to and I was it. in Catholic school, and I don't know, maybe I missed it, but I don't recall us ever even having it. No. No, I don't recall us ever having the conversation at all. Well, so not very many people who are over, say, thirty-five to forty would have had sex education typically during their upbringing. This is a relatively new phenomenon since the 80s and 70s. Okay. But still, the curricula in general, in most of the schools that I've had the opportunity to talk with people who teach in the schools sex education, the curricula are outdated. They might be from the 80s, and if so, then there's nothing on there about sexting, there's nothing about predatory behavior online that you have to watch out for, there's nothing about date rape. So these are things that are definitely a part of who we are in our society, but if we were only teaching, if we were teaching history that ended in 1960 or only began in 1945, it's the equivalent of the way sex education is typically taught in school. That is a very profound point just like technology we were talking about right. right you're exactly right things are different now exactly the three examples you gave well and that was actually another question of mine is do you think that younger people are any better educated around sex and i'm assuming the answer is no but i'm just wondering because it seems like the conversations are more open but i'm not sure that they're any more savvy the there are more opportunities to talk about sex, there is less of an attitude that you're going to grow hair on your hands or go blind if you talk about it, basically. (laughs) But the point is they are still getting bad information, or so many young people are going out to the net, and probably 50% or more of our young kids are watching pornography as Mm -hmm. their way of educating themselves about sex. And if you've ever watched pornography, I can tell you, if you haven't, that it is just a bunch of make-believe where everyone has a beautiful body and everyone achieves the maximum um, wonderfulness that you want to get. And no one is ever disappointed and no one is ever tired and no one is worrying about the kids. Interesting. Right. It's so true. And and when it comes to... When it comes to kids and it comes to things like what you were talking about earlier, sexting, like how do we, how do we make sure that our children are aware of, you know, first of all, what sex is, which they are aware, you know, it it seems like everything is so hypersexualized, but then yet how to keep themselves safe. Well, number one, they're not really sure of what sex is because kids these days have convinced themselves that sex is something different or they have defined it as a very limited scope. So sex is penetration. That's what Mm. they believe. And if there is none, then there's no sex. So that leads to other activities that they are doing that is not the typical penetrative sex, but there's oral, there's anal. And these are things our kids are doing because they have been deluded into thinking they aren't sex because you can't get pregnant. And let me, before I forget, talk about the, the Internet piece with that. So you have the sexting and how can they know. Well, number one, the parents have to know. And that's why I like to teach adults because I want to have that pass-along effect where parents 
and aunties and cousins and big sisters are really comfortable with their own sexuality and about what sex actually is and what young people are thinking and doing, then they can talk about it. What parent is talking to their 8-year-old who has a smartphone and explaining to them they have to be careful and if someone asks them for a picture of their private parts, they should say no. Because we haven't thought to teach this to small people, but this is what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true because, I mean, so many of the children, I had not realized that their their definition of sex was so narrow. I was thinking that they might have been a little bit more savvy than I was at that age because I was just so clueless when I was young. Um, and it took a long time to kind of get clued in. And I remember having just so much misinformation around it. However, the one thing that was sort of drilled into us is that if you came anywhere near taking off any item of clothing that, you know, you were, you were going to hell for sure. So that was, that was probably not a bad thing <laughs> since we were so clueless. It was just like, never take any clothes off and you're going to be fine. And now it seems like, um, that, Everything is okay except for this one piece of it, which is a little scary. Yes, it is frightening, and it's especially frightening when you think of the fact that puberty is beginning much earlier than parents are aware. So the typical person thinks that puberty starts at 13 or 14 or 12. However, in this new society, and no one knows the exact reason whether it's hormones in our food, or increased obesity in children, but puberty is starting at age 9 for girls and age 10 for boys. Mm. So if your body is thinking, oh, I'm here to fulfill my number one mission, which is to make a small copy of myself, if no one has told them, oh, hold on, even though your body is asking you to recreate and procreate, do not do that hang on, here are all my values and morals, and here are the safety reasons why you don't want to. Unfortunately, we have small kids whose bodies are changing and their hormones are emerging, but they have not been taught anything. Right. I mean, they just don't understand all the different repercussions of what can happen. They know that they have feelings, but they're not understanding what those feelings are, and nobody's really guiding them. And especially if the parents, you know, parents now I would say have more of a clue, but still don't really know what to teach and and don't really understand what all's going on. Especially if the children are younger and they think they still have time to discuss. Right, they have time. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Almost any time I ask a group of adults, what age do you think puberty begins, they're typically going to be in that 12 to 14 range. So if Mm. your child is nine years of age and puberty is starting, then you're thinking you have three or four years to wait. You're going to miss the opportunity to get in there at the right time. And I believe that sex education is something that should happen from birth. We teach our kids how not to get burned on the stove or any other thing that we teach them to be safe. We start off changing the conversation about the body by giving pet names to anatomy. We say, here's an elbow, here's a nose, here's a foot, but uh uh-oh, that's a wee-wee or that's a (laughs) pee-pee. You know, why do we change the names? 
because yeah. we're shocked by the names for the normal anatomy. But we have to change that. We have to get kids into being okay with knowing what they have and what they don't have. And most importantly, even in that teaching and safety phase, to teach them when it's not okay for someone else to do something in that private area. Because unfortunately, we have predators out there, and unfortunately, they can be family members. They could be people in organizations that our kids are a part of, that we need to tell them that, you know, Mommy and Daddy love you, and you can sit on our lap, but if Mr. John or Miss Sally is always holding you too tight, always kissing on you, or if their pants, hands ever go down into your pants, then you need to tell Mommy and Daddy, and you need to make it such that they aren't fearful, but they're aware. No, that's great. Thank you so much, Valda. I mean, this is a lot of great information, and we're about to take our second break. So when we come back from break, we'll talk some more about this, and then we'll have some more questions for you as well. Um, stay with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is Valda Ford. We'll be right back. Charlie Labosco is an author, speaker, and trainer with over 40 years' experience in the corporate workplace. Contact Charlie today to interact, influence, and inspire others in your organization. Whether it's a one-hour keynote presentation or a five-day training seminar, Charlie is available to speak on many topics, including making a difference in the workplace, even as one person building shared leadership teams, and his signature award-winning seminar, Care Certification in the Workplace. Charlie speaking at your organization will make a difference on day one. For more information and to book Charlie, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on TalkZone. Okay. Segment three with Valda Ford. Um, fantastic show, I want to say. Um, Valda, I learned already so much. I learned and I agree that as the years changed, sex education needs to change along with the times when you consider the sexting and things like that. Great point. Um, well, and how explicit movies are, and, and there's a lot of explicit content out there, even in shows, and it and it doesn't really show what the reality is. And not only that, no, I agree, and um, and it sets false information and expectations. Right. And the fact that the children are reaching puberty younger, mm-hmm. it just it just something had never occurred to me, right? Okay, so. I get it, Valda. So, you know, what, what I thought was, uh, sex is not for sissies, maybe, mm-hmm. is now, uh, get past the title or let the title draw me in. But this is some real big time education. And I believe there's a hidden message in your seminar and it's twofold. Listen to what I tell you for yourself and enjoy. But also make sure you share it with others, especially the young growing up, and let's get that out of the box as early as possible. Right. right. Absolutely. I was doing some work for some county health departments, helping them with really terrible numbers of gonorrhea and chlamydia cases in one particular Midwestern town, and they asked me to 
see if I could find a way to make that better. And this was particularly in 15 to 19-year-olds, and our thought was to work with the school system. And as I was teaching the young people and talking to the parents and asking them, please not to take their children out of the classes, because typically the parents can opt their children out, and I would yeah. explain what we would be talking about, the parents would say, well, what are you talking about? I don't know that, or why don't I know that? And ultimately, they would ask me if I would teach them. And I just want to i want to say this about sexting before I forget, because if nothing else as a warning to people and why they need to be more informed, we all think it's wonderful and cute for our kids to have phones. And if they don't have phones, my goodness, they're not the popular kid. Right. But mm-hmm. as soon as we give them a phone with the capacity to take a picture, which is almost any phone, I'm sure, that's made mm-hmm. today, then they have the opportunity to pass that on. The important thing is, of course, to tell them that someone might ask them that question, to send, a, send me a picture of you with no clothes on or barely clothed, and to say no, and if, for no other reason, because my mother said no or my father said no. But more importantly, to understand that if your teenager does take a picture of someone and they think it's cool or their boyfriend or girlfriend thinks it's nice to send them a picture of an exposed breast or something, if that gets passed along into cyberspace accidentally or because some of your friends that you show it to think it's cool to just forward it on to Facebook or to Pinterest, the laws in all but 11 of the U.S. states is that if the child is old enough, say he's 18 and the girlfriend is 16, he can be tried as an adult for distributing pornography or for um, endangering a minor and can end up as a sex offender just for doing something that everyone thinks is cute right now. And only 11 states have laws that will specifically look at it as if, well, it's just teenagers learning and we're not going to punish them like adults. We're just going to tell them why it's bad, maybe give them a little fine or something, but many states will give them the designation as a sex offender. And like everything else with controversy and change, it's only a matter of time before all, all of the states come on board. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But uh, even better, if we tell our kids that that possibility exists and your listeners can just check the laws of sexting in their own state and find out what will happen if their young people get involved in something like that. But most importantly, we're giving the, the ammunition so they know how not to get involved in it. Right. Yeah. Um, it probably makes sense to just tell them that that's what could happen in the state, just do the blanket um, <laughs> right, yeah. to be careful. Uh, I want to talk about uh, your sites and your seminars, uh, but I just, uh, talking to you, started thinking, and, and maybe this is off topic, I'm not sure, but um, is it possible that certain states that may have certain um, on paper values are a little less informed and more informed? Does, does politics have anything to do with getting the knowledge out there? I think it does. I think it does. I think that there are a lot of people 
who are so afraid of what's going to happen if they bring up this subject or that they've been burned in the past. One school district, for instance, the superintendent absolutely was not willing to change anything about sex education in his school because or to allow us to come on and do testing for free, which was allowed by the state, because some point in the past, a few years before, a confidential memo had been leaked, and it was suggested that the school was encouraging sexual activity in their kids because they were testing or talking about contraception. So it is political. It is very frequently so, but a lot of times it's driven by ignorance. And I think that if people are aware of the lives that are lost and the lives that are changed because we don't have this information, uh, they would do better. And let me, let me say it this way. For adults, we, we always talk about sexually transmitted illnesses w- about kids and infections. But when we look at it, new HIV cases, the percentage of new HIV cases that are occurring in people over 40 is from 45 to 52%, depending on which state. And no money is going there. So imagine from the business perspective, you're talking about business and business people are listening in. If you're an employer and one of your top people is now diagnosed with HIV or you are diagnosed with HIV because you think that you're out of the realm of that happening, then your whole life has changed. And perhaps you give up. For today, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, okay, I want to talk about that some more, but w- w- for the sake of time, I want to make sure uh, I get this in as well, Valda. So I hear what you're saying. Our listeners hear what you're saying. Um, it's kind of interesting. How do I follow up with you? Let's say I'm a customer. What can you do for me? Do, how do I get a hold of you and all that stuff? The simplest way to get in touch with me is to go on my Facebook page, Sex is Not for Sissies, and send me an inbox message. Or if you're not on Facebook, you can email me, Valda at ValdaFord.com. That's V-A-L-D-A-F-O-R-V-A-L-D-A, and then ValdaFord at AOL.com. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm mixing them. So it's Valda at ValdaFord.com. And Excellent. that way, I will get your message. It will be completely private and confidential, and I'll get back in touch with you typically the same day. So, I mean, I heard that, you know, you speak to groups, uh, and I think it's fantastic, and uh, keynote, and do you do one-on-one coaching with people? Yes, I do educate people one-on-one, and I have several people who have come to me with specific issues. It might be a man who has had prostate surgery and is wondering about whether or not he'll be able to be sexually active afterwards, or a woman who has had breast cancer and had a mastectomy and wonders about body image, or someone who has a disability who is wondering about how they can even work through any type of position that would be comfortable and practical. So, yes, I do work with individuals, though my joy is working in groups because I can get the energy and I can change the idea of people asking questions that are sensitive and move it to feeling more like normal. No, I, I get it. I, I And I'm glad that you answered like that because I want 
everyone to know that you're a teammate, right? Whether it's an individual or not, you're there for us. Mm -hmm. Because, and I, and I wanted to bring that out because there's just so much knowledge coming out here, right? So much that we didn't realize. We screwed up. You're exactly right, you know, with, the names and the, and the, and the way we address it, we kind of skirted it over right. the years. Um, and, and, and it's such a cultural thing, right? Because when you do have a small child that is using the proper terminology, it can be a little uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Right. And yes. At the same time, you have to teach them that not everyone will be comfortable with it. So if you're in public and someone says, Oh, don't say that word. It's offensive. Just let them know that they are correct. And the other person, you just have to be nice to them. And hmm. that's just your way of respecting their wishes. Perfect. So are you now um, finding that older people are staying active longer? Absolutely. People who are in good health are definitely much more sexually active than I was led to believe during my nurse's training. And I can tell you that I have clients in their 80s right now who are sexually active, who are probably more sexually active than I ever thought to be because they don't have to worry about any of the other things. They don't have to worry about the job. They don't have to worry about the kids. And if they are physically healthy, they do everything they want. However, because there's typically a difference in in just going from the heterosexual perspective there are typically more women alive than there are men after mm-hmm. the age of 70. One of the big problems that we're finding in assisted living or in some senior communities is the proliferation of chlamydia, which is a sexually transmitted infection, because you can't see it. Typically, they're not symptoms that are standing and screaming at you. And the fact that people who are in their 70s might not know to ask the question, have you been tested? Are you sleeping with someone else? All the questions that young people might be better at asking right now, so there are challenges on both sides. But, yes, people can be sexually active until they die. And that's another example of uh, as times change, things change, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's another reason that we have to be smarter about this, right? Yes, it's terrific. Um, this is great. I mean... Uh, Valda, excellent work. We're not done yet, but I just wanted right. to say that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, um, we're going to take our final break um, and just want to repeat your website, Sex is Not for Sissies. Um, and you can look Valda up on Facebook as well, Sex is Not for Sissies. Um, Valda is a teammate. And uh, we're going to take our final break and be right back. So stay with us, Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Let Charlie Labosco show you how to revolutionize your presence in the workplace. Charlie is looking to improve the workplace, and by that he means your relevance in it. Charlie has over 40 years in the corporate workplace. He has seen the unbelievable, mind-boggling, off-the-charts changes in technology, but no real change in our day-to-day and sometimes toxic workplace behavior. Charlie's mission is to revolutionize the workplace by providing the training and the tools needed to lead any organization regardless of your job description. For more about Charlie and how to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, 
visit charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is Valda Ford. And Valda is the creator of Sex is Not for Sissies. It's a great seminar that will get all your questions answered for you. You can also find out more about Valda at her website, sexisnotforsissies.com. So, Valda, as we're going into our final segment, I was wondering, was there anything after after speaking to all these people about sex and ha- and listening to all their questions, was there anything that really surprised you? I think the thing that surprised me most was the percentage of people who do not have a satisfactory sex life mm-hmm. and have not had one ever or it has been a long time. And that also goes to the lack of communication around sex because I was taught that it was my responsibility to please my husband. I was never taught that I was supposed to have pleasure. And all of the books that were written during my coming of age would have been late 60s and early 70s was about women taking care of their men. And it might have talked about how to give pleasure but not to myself. So the thing that has also surprised me has been the absolute lack of understanding about anatomy and how it works. And some people who absolutely are never going to touch themselves, and I'm wondering how they bathe, and they're Mm -hmm. never going to look at themselves, which it's not like you should walk around with a mirror all day. But these are things that surprised me so that if, if they love the person that they're with, and everything else about the relationship is great, they just assume that they just have to make do with not having a great sexual life, and that is wrong. It typically takes some simple conversation and communication tips and the willingness to ask for what you want without saying, well, I've been miserable for the past 20 years. All you have to do is say, wow, I heard this woman on the radio today, And I was curious about something. Why don't we try it? Instead of, you know, for the last 20 years, I've been sitting here making up the grocery list in my head. Wow, you've been doing your business. Because that's how some people talk about it. And that's something you have to teach us how to to get that point across, right? Because that's exactly what, what... Say I would say. Well, and yeah. and do you find that it's older women, or is it across the board, younger and older? It doesn't really matter. The age doesn't really matter so much. It doesn't matter at all. As a matter of fact, on my radio show last month, I had a young woman who was asking. I would I would say she was twenty because she was a university student, and she said, "Well, how do we get boys or young men to know that we like them and that we're interested?" I said, "All you have to do is smile." And she said, oh, no, 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 we can't smile because if we smile, that means that we're punks, basically, is the word she said, that they can take advantage of us and know that we're just soft. And I said, what's wrong with being soft? What's wrong with romance? Why should you expect that just because someone says, I'm taking you to dinner, and whether said or not, it's expected that at the end of dinner we'll have sex? Well, that's ridiculous. Your body is your own, whether male or female. Guys feel that they have to be getting into sex right away. And, of course, as aging takes place, there are many things that happen 
that we can't do as easily as we did before, but many of them can be corrected very easily with slight changes in medication or going on or off certain medications, but only under the direction of a, a qualified healthcare provider. And unfortunately, people just assume that either I'm, I, I'm not supposed to be soft and inviting, yet I wonder why a guy won't look at me, or, wow, I'm no longer able to perform, and they don't recognize it might be something over-the-counter they're taking. And it's just unfortunate because we don't have this kind of conversation. Along with that, people expect for their physicians to have some kind of divining rod, and they will know when they walk in the door that I have this problem. Please ask me the question. But the physicians don't know to ask you the question. You have to be able to tell, tell them. And I tell people who are shy, write it on a piece of paper and slide it across to them, and then they'll take care of your question. Oh, I think that's great advice. And, you know, everyone really needs you, Valda, because the young people need you and the older people need you. Because I think so many times, especially as people get older, they just assume that, you know, it's just a part of aging and that after a certain point you can't have sexual relations anymore. And you're just saying that's absolutely not true. It's but also from the young person's point of view, I, I find that really interesting that she felt that she couldn't smile because then she would look weak. And you could see right. her point if you think about it. <clears throat> I mean, put yourself in, let's say, the hallway of a high school. Right? Yeah. Um, and it's a it's a catch-22 because if someone smiles and gives the wrong impression that they're weak, they may be at risk of someone trying to take advantage. Right. Right. And my, my older brother would tell me the same thing. You need to you need to ratchet down that smile, girl, he would say, because guys will think you're easy. Well, fortunately for me, when I was growing up, the attitude was that no one was going to have me or my mother was going to kill me. <laughs> that wasn't good <laughs> enough trade-off for me. So I didn't really have that much of a problem. And my smile is a very easy thing for me. Some people have to work on smiling. And I do find that all I have to do is smile to be able to start a conversation. And we can, it can be taught, as you said. All those skills can be taught, but you have to recognize that you need them and you have to be vulnerable enough to put yourself in the position of learning without just putting yourself out there to be hurt all the time. I think that's great advice. And I think that the young women really, really need you because... I think with everyone being on campus together in such close quarters, it can really lead to, you know. Who knows what? Who knows what? Yeah. I mean, it's just it can be really difficult because you want to be soft, but you also need to be able to take care of yourself. And so it's a little bit of a fine balance there. And I think that you can be soft if you understand that in certain situations, you know what to do. Even that takes practice. Yeah, the understanding, I think, is key. And what's okay and what's not okay. Because I think sometimes young women get themselves in situations and think, oh, well, I drank too much, so it was my fault. And the more we give young women an understanding of what's okay, regardless of whether or not they drank too much or wore too short of a skirt, um, the better off we will be as a society. And really? young men, if we and the men. young men, because men can unfortunately be the victims as well, and we mm-hmm. don't typically think of them that way. So they're sometimes even more vulnerable 
because people will laugh at them if they complain that someone molested them, uh, other than if you're a little child. But if you're a teenager or you're a college kid and some girl comes on to you and does things to you that you don't want, it's the same thing. But guys absolutely do not feel that they have the right to say that because then they will be teased unmercifully. Jeez. I mean, so true. Yeah. This is an explosion of information, knowledge, um, ranging from uh, children all the way up. I mean, well, it just shows how important this education is. Not what we expected, Valda, but um, uh, overwhelmingly exceeded our expectations. Oh, well, great. Thank you very much. Well, and you and Valdis, you know, when we saw that Valda was a nurse, that it was going to be very educational. Well, the thing is, we have no excuse now. So, um, you know, I have children, grandchildren. Now, if I have a question and concern, I know it's on me. And if I need help, I'm going to Valda. Absolutely. And I hope that others will as well, because if we can get the conversation going, if you can get answers from a safe place with someone who is confident and understands the ramifications of everything they tell you, we can have a much better life and sex life. Yep. Do you travel or do you do online interaction? I mean, I do uh, travel and I'm starting, I'm going to put together a webinar series that will start the 27th, I think. I don't have my calendar in front of me, but... If you're interested, just go on to my Sex is Not for Sissies page and like it, and the message will definitely come through there. Or if you don't want to like that page, you can go on my Valda Ford Facebook page uh, in case someone's looking over your shoulder, because I will put the announcement out there. So I know there are a lot of people who want to do this in the quiet and confidentiality of their own homes, and so I'm making that a possibility. Excellent. That's terrific. Thank you so much. Yeah. This is a great show. Great work on a very um, serious topic. subject. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, my pleasure. Excellent, Valdo. Uh, let's stay in touch. We're going to share this uh, show as often as possible over the next few weeks. Um, and all the best to you. Thank, Thank you, you, Valdo. It was great Thank having you. you on the show. It was my pleasure. Thanks again. Take care. Um, Unbelievable. Another terrific show. And for those of you that would like to reach out to um, Velda, you can reach out to her at Velda Ford, at Velda at VeldaFord.com. And also her website is SexIsNotForSissies.com. And she also has a Facebook page by the same name. So another great show. Uh, very important that we do that because there's a lot that she offers that we need to learn. Yeah, it and, was terrific. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. Okay. So that's all. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, have a great week. Thank you, everyone. Have a great week. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. See ya.